Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, I think it's a familiar name to some of you uh, in many different ways, but also uh, familiar to my loyal listeners. Michael King is back on the program. Uh, I definitely plan on having you, Michael, as an annual guest on the program because of, well, you know why, because the episode that we did, episode number 50, we're at like 130 now, title was How Much Money Is Marketing Earning These Days?, and it was in the top 10 of all podcasts for the longest time. It even sometimes pops back in there uh, every now and then. So it is great to have you back on the program. For those of you that don't know Michael, he is the founder of King Recruiting. Uh, and so uh, he has properly named his company uh, off of his last name, Michael King. And I've known Michael for years. And many of the people that we work with at Demandia, many of our clients, uh, we work with uh, because of Michael's doings. He's placed some of the top B2B marketing leaders uh, throughout Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. So he specializes in the Bay Area. And Michael, again, great to have you on the program. How you been? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Been great. I just uh, have a hard time believing that we're in August already of uh, 2019. And then it was, uh, I think, back in April of last year we did that podcast. It's yeah. just flying by. I was at the Safeway Market the other day, and uh, I'm not happy about it, but they've already put out Halloween candy in big, huge no, stacks. I'm no, like, that's sorry, just wrong. I know. I know. I was doing the same thing. It's Thanksgiving, okay. You know, Halloween, okay. But Christmas? No. No, not yet. Not yet. And, and hey. uh, there was a Dunkin' Donuts uh, feature on the news this morning about them. And uh, Starbucks bringing out the uh, pumpkin latte flavor early that fall is is already here. We don't need to move any faster, everybody, in life. Like, we're we're already moving too fast. Let's let's slow it down. It's still summer. Let's enjoy it. I know. Yes. Let's get through. Let's enjoy the summer and take our time to get to to winter. I agree. Speaking of the Safeway market, Michael, do you know that there's another king? I don't think he's your brother, but there's Stephen King. Stephen King, that's right. And everybody's going, yeah, of course. Yeah, he made the movies, it, all that kind of stuff. But no, there's a Stephen King real estate agent in Danville, California, and he has signs always on the Safeway carts. And it says, you got to love this, Stephen King, right? It says, always a bestseller. Is that clever? Oh, that's very good. I like that. I like that. You kings, you guys got to figure it out. The king of all recruiting we have on the program today. (laughs) Let's jump right in, Michael. I want to talk about... uh, the Bay Area. Uh, let's start there. I know everybody is all over the world that listens to the program, but what's the job market look like in the Bay Area these days for directors and, and VP level marketers? Well, just one word, crazy. Um, it's been that way this entire year. It started probably midway uh, last year. It's just classic supply demand, just way, way too many openings, director and VP level roles in marketing and just not enough candidates on the market, good candidates. Um, And the main reason is the economy is doing great. Um, We have companies filing IPOs. We have companies, Series B companies, just getting massive rounds of funding. I mean, when you look in the, yeah, you look in the sales, you know, that sales acceleration engagement uh, space, I mean, you have, Companies like Gong, you know, they got a, a Series B of forty million. Uh, you know, sales lost seventy million. 
um, you know, outreach, you know, 140. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Are you seeing the growth then in these new startups, these, these VC funded startups? Are you seeing the growth in the market as you talk about the economy in lots of new tech companies or, and, or are you seeing just growth in overall size of marketing departments in, in, in larger accounts as well? I know you focus on startups and midsize, but I'm curious, um, right. your, your view across. No, both. That's the thing. You have these companies getting these big round of funding and turn, that means growth. So they're building out their team. And then in turn, you're getting the VCs starting all these Series A funding. So then all of a sudden, these companies are now looking for the first VP of marketing. Uh, so you have it just widely across the board of new Series A companies looking for people, Series Bs with massive funding. And then companies that do have an IPO, they're continuing to grow. So you just have all these companies growing looking for people, but not a lot of people are moving because they're at companies that are growing. Um, the example I always tell people is, is we need some things like um, with what happened with Marketo. Mm-hmm. So Marketo had lots of great marketers uh, working over there. And all of a sudden, 2016, Vista acquires them. And then you know, a few months later starts the rumblings. You start hearing that they're going to open up an office in Denver. They, they hire a CMO in Denver. They start hiring more people in Denver. And then the whole marketing team in the Bay Area starts going, hmm, I guess it's time to look. And, you know, companies could sit back and go, wow, you know, were you able to get this person and that person? So there was a flood of great marketers that came onto the market for companies to grab. Um, we're just not having that. Uh, right now. I mean, the only, the big news, you know, happened a few weeks ago when Uber, you know, laid off all those marketers and Mm -hmm. there was uh, a bunch of Bay Area people involved in that, that, you know, came into the market for any kind of B2C companies, you know, that was good, but um, it's just not happening a lot now. It's just lots of growth, lots of funding, and just not enough people uh, in the market, good people in the market. When you, uh, when you see a market like this, uh, you and I are, are old enough to have seen ups and downs. And you brought up Marketo, which, again, I've, I've you know probably worked with a couple hundred people over there on a regular basis. And when they were acquired by Adobe, so many of them that I'm close with reached out for mentoring and coaching, said, you know, Dave, what do you think I should do? Should I stay or should I go? And I wanted to make sure we came back to that topic today because I watched you know, the team at Marketo go from startup with five people when I first met, I think it was like 10 people when I first met John and Phil, when they were founding the company, it was engineering John and Phil, and then grew to, you know, well over a thousand people. They do the IPO, they get acquired. And and people are right sometimes for small companies and people are right for big companies. Because one of the things that you do is specialize in startups and midsize. When you see a market like this really just growing where there's such demand, what do you recommend in terms of when you're talking to the people that you're advising on whether they should go to a large company versus a small company? Or if their small company has now become a large company, does it mean that they should make a, make a move? What's your opinion and, and what advice do you give? Well, the best advice I give people is to find out how they're wired. Um, there's definitely people that are wired for small companies. And you see those people continue to go to a small company, grow it. 
they get to a point where it's either going to continue to grow or it flattens out and they go to another small company. Uh, the tough one is people that have been at a big company for too long. And I get those referrals and, you know, they've been at HP for 20 years and they want to be a VP of marketing at a small company. That's just tough. It's, it's tough. You haven't been in that sandbox before. And that's my saying is, you know, you have to be playing that sandbox of the small company. And if you haven't, it's tough to jump in there. Um, people like the Marketo example, um, I know a lot of the same people, and some of them reached out to me about that same thing, is that do I continue on with Adobe or not? And a lot of it was, you know, how's it structured? What's going to be, what's your new role going to be? Um, that brand is not going to hurt your resume to move forward on your next role. Um, but, you know, A, are you happy? Do you want to work there? I mean, I'm such a huge, big fan on um, life's too short. You know, I, I hear some people that keep staying at companies and I just watch, you know, new executives come in and go and come and go and they're still there. Can't, they're still there, but, you know, if you're not happy, leave. So I, I'm so glad if, you said that. I don't know if you caught the LinkedIn post that I put out maybe about a month ago. Feel, well, it could have been 10 years ago. <laughs> Talking about things <laughs> moving fast. But no, it was about a month ago and it was about, you know, do what gives you energy and what you really enjoy. And I was just on the phone uh, with Scott Burns over at CenturyLink, client of ours that we've worked with for years. I've had him on the program as well. In fact, he is still in the top 10. It's how to run a marketing operations uh, team. Scott's episode did really, really well. And he and I were catching up. He just came back from vacation. And we we're just talking about our teams and that you, know, you, you want to be happy and you want to feel challenged. If you're not learning and you're not happy, you got to reevaluate whether you're in, in the right place. And when you talk about big company versus small company, I was reflecting back on my career journey because I've worked at both. I worked at Microsoft uh, for years and that was very early on in my career. And I knew, even though, Michael, I loved it in the beginning because of the training. You know, I was, I, my cup was not only half full, it was like just a droplet in the bottom of the glass. I was a sponge for learning. I think there's too many metaphors there. Uh, the they were training me on priority management. They were training me on technology. They were training me on sales skills. They were training me on marketing, uh, corporate account selling, ABM of all things, uh, way, way back early in my career. So I loved it. But what I didn't love was the bureaucracy and how long it took to get something done and how difficult it was to get something done. So I knew for a guy like myself, who is a get shit done type of person that I wanted to be able to show up to work, have a meeting, come out with outcomes and then get those things done. And the companies of just that size typically don't move uh, that fast. I have another client of ours, actually, uh, NetApp, who I'm sure many people are familiar with. They think, ooh, big company. Well, we're working with a group there that's almost like a startup within NetApp, their new cloud business unit, and bringing their products to market. And so they're very agile and very fast moving. So, And we've seen that with Google too, right? Google Cloud was a much more agile environment than bigger Google. So if you were to crystallize for people listening, maybe some people are at small companies thinking they got to go to a bigger company for more opportunity or people at big companies thinking, well, because I've had this senior role here, maybe it's time for me to go be VP of marketing or CMO there. What, what are your thoughts? How do, you, how do you know which environment is right for you? Well, I think if you're this far in your career that we're talking executive roles, that uh, my saying is kind of what gets you out of bed in the morning. Um, 
you should know by now if you get excited to go to the smaller company, if you can say, you know, are you the builder? Do you want to come in and build something? Or are you more the big company person with the bigger team? And yes, continuing to grow, but not not at the rate. And also the time involved of a, of a small company. Um, a lot of times it's, are you looking for the, the work-life balance? You know, that's what I always talk to some people about is, tell me about family life. You know, mm-hmm. you coaching the kids, you're doing this, you, you know. If you're doing that kind of stuff, um, I don't know if going to a super small startup uh, is in the cards. You got to get your hands dirty. I know another partner of ours, MarTech uh, partner, uh, their new head of marketing, their new CMO came from very large enterprise uh, and now a very small company. And so uh, big, big change. And I, I personally don't know which way is better, going from a small company to big company or big company to small company. I think what you just said, which was, look, by this time in your career, you know your strengths if you're in a senior role and you know what you can do. Uh, folks like Jen Demas, you know, who worked at Polycom, which was a much bigger company. You've seen her now um, working at startups for the last several years and really enjoying that and loving taking something from nothing from scratch and and really uh, building it. Um, what are the top reasons that you see people leave? Because when we look at research reports and, and I as a uh, CEO, by the way, we are down to 11% um, in terms of turnover in our company, which is something that I feel we're proud of given the averages. You can, you can call me out and tell me if uh, we're, we're doing well there. But I always look at the reports in terms of why people leave, whether they leave over money or commuting, which let's talk about remote working uh, in a little bit. What are some of the top reasons that you see people leaving? Because again, you're dealing with senior level executives. So why do they make a pivot? Well, Still, in the Bay Area, I believe the number one reason would be the commute. And I have people like that. I just placed somebody in uh, Pleasanton that had been going into the city. And I have, anytime I do searches in Pleasanton, I have my list of my East Bay people. And those are the first people I reach out to. And if any of them are making the, the commute to San Jose or barting it into the city, they're the first people I call, and it's more or less, hey, you know, do you want to walk to work? You know, you want to ride the bike to work? You know, that kind of thing. And that perks up their ears because that is life-changing. Hey, was that Ian Brown, by the way? I'm just, I'm just going to throw yes. a dart at the board. Yep. It Very was. Good. Nice, nice target. That was Mr. Ian, yeah. Gosh. So, yeah, he just started uh, on Monday at uh, Turbo Systems, uh, cool company, um, so Turbo Systems is started by one of the uh, founders of ServiceMax. Yeah. And ServiceMax, I have a long, long history with them. I put in their last uh, CMO. He's currently still there, Dave mm-hmm. Milam. Dave, Dave's um, phenomenal, yep. one of the best. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's with my funny story with ServiceMax is when I worked on that CMO search, um, a lot of candidates, uh, since it reported to the CEO, Dave Arnold people would say, you know, have you worked with Dave before? Um, how well do you know him? And I said, yeah, I've known him since sixth grade. And it was quiet. Was a long time. And people went, what was that? I said, yeah, I grew up with him. I've known him since sixth grade. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so great. That was a great company. So um, had a great exit. He had a great exit. Everybody did. Still kind of going strong. But, um, 
Yeah, so now there's Turbo Systems. Uh, one of the founders moved over there and uh, is starting that up, and Ian's uh, going to be running demand gen. Yeah, he and I just literally texted yesterday, and I invited him because he is in the area, as you know. I said, hey, why don't you come up and do a podcast with me? Uh, it's been a long time since we've caught up, so let's let's catch up on the air. And he said, yeah. And so it just him saying, I just landed in Pleasanton, uh, small, small world. Um, and we work with Pat over at Service Max. I've had Pat on the program yep. uh, as well. Yep. Uh, so in the Bay Area, you said one of the reasons people leave is, is for commute. Uh, and the traffic has gotten so insane here that the quality of life is so negatively impacted. I talked to a business owner over the weekend, a friend of mine had his 50th birthday and we were down in Redondo Beach and he said that he bought a Tesla specifically to get time back in his day and went in to yep. describe yeah, his commute and the, the automation of the car, which kind of frightened me, something I wouldn't think about, but he, um, it, was, it was crazy. And demand gen as an agency, we are predominantly remote and we have a lot of remote people so let me ask you the question, Michael. So people are making moves to shorten their commute. What are you seeing at the senior level in terms of companies' willingness to have senior executives in remote positions? A few people that I'm thinking of, uh, Rob Mayo's in a senior role, reports uh, the head of marketing operations at Splunk. Uh, he's on the East Coast, but Splunk's headquartered out here. Doug Seacrest, who you know, Doug is in Austin, Texas, uh, and reports a CMO. He runs Demand Gen and marketing ops uh, in the city at, at Zenefits. And so he commutes on a weekly basis and others that don't commute with as much frequency, but work in remote. What are you seeing in terms of companies um, open to this these days and, and whether it's working for them? Yeah, I mean, it, it all starts at the top. It uh, starts with the CEO, CMO, if you're reporting to that person. Um, a lot of it is what has been their history doing that. Um, I've had CMOs that, uh, that's my first question. We start talking if they're looking for someone ahead of demand gen, product marketing, corporate marketing. Um, you know, we talk about the role and then my first question is, you know, do you need them in the office every day? You know, and that's kind of a little test, see how they say, you know, they're like, well, I'm flexible on Fridays. And I said, then the next one is what about remote, you know, out of state? And some will jump on it quickly and go, nope, you know. And when I kind of find out more from them, it's like they haven't had the greatest experience of having somebody work remote. Uh, other people are like, you know, they're fine if they're not in the state um, because I've had success of having people work remote. So I'm open to that. So it all just depends on the company, the company, company philosophy, and also um, good, bad experiences of the people that are hiring. Yeah, position Doug as remote, but he's really not actually because he commutes out here no, every week. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, not. Yeah, they fly him. Yeah, he has a nice setup. So, um, And I've had people do that and that live in Seattle that will fly in uh, on an early mo Monday morning flight and then leave uh, Thursday night. Um, that works, but the people that I know that have done it, it, it got old quick. You know, you just start thinking... Yeah. Wow, this you know, you know, you come back and there's your son two inches taller. You're like, whoa, what happened? You know, and it's like, again, it goes back to the whole, you know, life is too short. Be happy, and um, I could see if you're in a a city or a state where there's just not a lot of opportunities, and 
this opportunity comes up and it means that I got to jump on a plane and be there two weeks out of a month, then, okay, that's a little bit different. But, you know, if you're in an area that has other opportunities, I would really think twice about doing that, uh, that commute, you know, in. Like I said, and it depends on the person, too. I have some people that, you know, drive from the city to San Jose, and it's no big deal. Five days a week, they're mm-hmm. in their car, and they're like, no, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh, my God, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. So it, it all depends on the person. Besides commute, um, again, you're with, with senior executives. What are some of the other reasons that you see people make a move? And then I want to pivot to the next question, which is what should you be looking for if you are making a move? How do you evaluate if the next company is the right decision for you? And I, I know you mostly focus on senior execs, but I think you know good advice for anybody in different roles, advice I give on the regular, uh, should you stay or should you go? So what, besides commuter, other factors of why people are making moves these days uh, in the market? Well, the other one is, and I'm big on this too, is the mentorship. Um, you know, we're still having turnovers in the executive level in CMO, VP marketing, head of marketing, whatever you want to call them, um, turnover. So a lot of times when that happens and they're bringing in a new person, um, you know, you feel them out and see, okay, is this a good mentor? And if you're getting the feeling that, you know, things, you've been there a year and things just aren't moving forward. Things are going sideways or they're going down. Um, And I'm just a huge fan of, you should always have your ears and eyes open. You know, I have people that I'll reach out to and they'll say, well, I'll let you know when I'm looking. And I'm like, wrong answer. I said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look for a job when you need a job. Mm-hmm. You should always be open to at least hearing about the opportunity because it could be one of those, the room, you know, the commute is knocked in half or even more. Um, the company is in a better position than where you are now. The comp is more, the role, I mean, all these things, but you just shut down the person because you said, well, I'll let you know when I'm looking. What are you seeing these days? Again, Bay Area may be different, probably is different than across the country, but what are you seeing in terms of executive comp, the makeup these days? What What are the perks besides the salary? Um, sign-on bonuses are coming back. I have a couple companies that have been doing that um, to get people to join. Um, those are always come and go. It depends on uh, some companies just, nope, we don't do that. You know, others are doing that uh, again. Um, and again, because it's the candidates in power, you know, mm-hmm. and, and majority of these people, when they put their, you know, dip their toe into the water and, and put the word out on LinkedIn and, you know, click that little button that, hey, I'm looking, um, if they're good, when you get to the finish line, they're going to have multiple offers. So, you know, they're in a position to say, you know, yes, um, I like this opportunity. It's a little less if we could get to here on comp. And companies, you know, they're paying it. The the comp is continuing to grow. It's not flattening out or going down by any means. I don't think a lot of people do that, Michael. By the way, I'm I'm wrong. You're the you're the expert in your field. I'm I'm reflecting on my own career journey and what I typically hear. Are you seeing that that most people are entertaining multiple opportunities when they're making a move instead of just pursuing one? Oh yeah, I advise people, especially um, if you're open to different size companies. Like I have people right now 
entertaining VP of marketing roles at Series A, first person on. And again, they have small company background, uh, so that's that is something that can entertain. But also, like a VP of product marketing at a company that is growing, that there's say five direct reports in a company's like 80 million ARR. So they can kind of go either way. Um, so people like that will have multiple opportunities. If you're a, a superstar senior director demand gen, you will have multiple uh, offers because you can stay in the senior director demand gen, you know, at a, say a 200-person company reporting into a VP of marketing. So you'll have those opportunities. But then you could also go into the Series A that's looking for their first VP of marketing, especially if they're looking for somebody with strong, strong demand gen, you can go entertain those. So at the end of the day, you could have the VP title at a Series A being the first one, or you could go into, again, a senior director role at a company with, say, 200 people and and go that route. So you have options to, to decide which way you want to go. The uh, the other question, and I think this is the the more focus of the rest of the podcast, um, because I think a lot of people, when they're thinking of making the question of you know what are the top reasons people leave, we I, I've covered that. Uh, Heidi Malin, again, one of the top ten episodes we did was career lessons from a seasoned CMO. Go listen to that one if you haven't. She talks about knowing when to make a move and and uh, some great advice. But what should you look for? Michael, and I don't mean the motherhood and apple pie stuff like culture and commute and things like that. I mean, how do you really vet an opportunity to know like this is going to have a great chance of success? Because when you're in a senior role, you really don't want to do hopscotch and move around too much because you can't have an impact if you're moving from company to company. So what, what are your, what's Michael King's advice and coaching on what to look for? I'm huge on, if you want to say that old saying, you know, uh, do you pick the jockey or do you pick the horse in the horse race? I'm all about picking the CEO, pick the jockey. I, the companies I've seen that have just been, done phenomenal is CEO, the leader. Um, that's who I'm big in following. Um, of course, you know, when you see a company that gets a ton of funding, you're thinking, okay, they're not going to be shutting down the doors any time soon. So there's, there's growth potential there. But, um, when people are evaluating companies is, of course, what space are they in? You know, is it a crowded space? Is it a company where, hey, we're going to be, uh, you know, trying to start a new category, category creator, if that's your thing, maybe you lean that way. Um, but at the end of the day, you should always see who's running the show. Is okay, is this, you know, is this the CEO that, uh, is going to let me run marketing? Is this a CEO that's still going to be the micromanager and want to really drive the strategy on marketing? Um, you know, how are they positioned? Is a product market fit? I mean, all those boxes need to be checked um, before you kind of jump right in. I mean, you, you hit one that I think is absolutely critical, not only the betting on the jockey, I like that, but the part two of that, which you said is, you know, what is the CEO's understanding of the value of marketing, right? Are you, are you going to come into an organization where you've got to sell the value of marketing and justify your budget and justify every single thing you're doing and be questioned on it? 
uh, or feel like Cinderella or the redheaded stepchild? Are you in a company where the CEO not only values marketing, but maybe comes from marketing uh, or certainly comes from a sales environment that was very much aligned with marketing? I can't underscore that enough because when I reflect on some of the mutual contexts that we know that have moved across our clients, I would say the number one reason that a senior executive leaves, besides maybe there being an opportunity that pulls them away, was the sales and marketing alignment challenge, which flowed all the way up to the CEO and just not having a CEO that, that really valued and appreciated marketing. So that's, that is sage advice that I wanted to, to underscore. Um, in terms of the interviewing process, so now let's say I've decided it's time to go. And now I'm starting to vet a couple different opportunities, like you say, and I'm, I'm exploring. I reach out to my buddy, Michael King, and I say, hey, Michael, um, I'm ready to start looking again and consider other opportunities, even though you said going to always, always be looking or always be evaluating. But now I want to make a move. I've gone, I've done my research. I like the market. I like the product. Maybe it's new. And I've had a chance to meet with the CEO and, and she or he seems like a great leader with a great appreciation for the alignment of sales and marketing, great respect of marketing. And now I'm starting to look at my department where it currently is and where I'm going to need to take it. What do you advise, what advice do you give to folks in terms of their due diligence in um, evaluating the, the company and the department before they make that decision? Right. One of the, the best tools on LinkedIn is when you look at people, you click the people tab, you can go into filters, um, and it has people that are currently there or people that used to work there. And I always tell people, you go in there and click the tab to see who used to work there. Mm. And it always tells a story. Um, I've had that happen so far this year many times that somebody um, will reach out just to, to pick my brain and say, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going in for a final round with this company. What do you know? And I asked them if they've done that, and they said no. And I said, well, let's do it together. And they were blown away how many people had short stints there. And I said, well, you know, when you go into the interview process, the company's not going to tell you all this. They're not going to say, mm-hmm. well, you know, this is the, the fourth uh, – Senior Director, VP of Demand Gen in the last four years. Yeah, you know, you just got to take your time and do that due diligence of of looking. I had somebody today said they were talking to this company for a, a VP of Marketing role, uh, and I said, "Oh, you want to talk to the previous one?" He said, "Oh, I didn't know there was a previous VP of Marketing." I said, "Yeah, I left two years ago." And they're like, "Oh, they they said this was a new role," and I was like, "Okay." There's there's one little fib there is like there's there's probably others too then. Yeah, missing information clues. That's a great that's a great sneaky uh, tactic. What about what about the team? What advice do you have for figuring out? Because if you're in a senior role, you're going to come in and assess the team, and you're most likely going to make some changes. Whether those changes are hiring and building the team out, or upgrading some of the team, or rotating people out. How do you? Uh, what advice do you have around looking at your team and, and other areas too? Well, yeah, that, that, you know, that happens once you've kind of decided, okay, I'm going to go in and, you know, go past the initial, you know, be it a phone interview or in person and now start meeting people. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, 
a must is finding out, you know, who are my, who, who's my team, who are my players, uh, do I need to upgrade? And when you talk about that, that's the other thing I always uh, kind of advise, be it, you know, CEOs, is I've had that happen before. They'll ping me and say, you know, we're looking for a, a VP of marketing, but I'm also, I'm open to hiring my uh, head of demand gen first. And I'm like, no, do not do that. Mm. You know, and they didn't understand it. I said, well, here's the problem is, if you hire someone to come in and run demand gen and then you hire the VP, there's a pretty good chance that this VP, if they have somebody that's available that they have worked with before, will pull that person in. Definitely. And anybody who I know that is talking to a company that is also looking for that VP CMO, and I'm, I tell them, I said, no, 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 do not join because there's too many stories I've heard of people that um, that happened to, and then all of a sudden, you know, the CMO comes in and says, you know, to the demand gen person, I am sorry, but, you know, I'm going to bring in my own person. We've seen tremendous success along those lines where our clients, when they go to a new place, I mentioned Jen earlier, you know, when she went to Gigster just recently, she brought our team with her. So she immediately has a whole marketing department, marketing operations department too, overnight, you know, setting up Marketo for her, working on the CRM, building out the other tools in the MarTech stack, uh, you know, data scientists, marketing operations people, Marketo admins, all the different capabilities and campaign operations people that we provide. So so that model we're seeing grow even more. And, and Michael, especially with some companies that are VC funded these days, they got to move really quickly. And so they hire us immediately to bring in essentially like eight people onto the team overnight uh, to do that. And so companies that are, whether the larger enterprise, which is our core market that are looking to build out and just need extra expertise and um, third-party advisory services and hands-on keyboard expertise, certainly that's been a great market for us. But these fast-growing companies that just need to just hit the ground running, and a big factor has got to be because of the the talent pool as well, right? Where do you find eight people overnight that already know how to do everything that you need to do and can tell you how to do it, when to do it, and get it done? So that's that's been cool. It's been a positive impact on our business. And what I was going to say is, when you mention uh, Jen, she gets the whole hiring process. Um, and what I mean by that is when she landed at Gigster, she reached out to me and said, hey, just FYI, I'm going to have some openings. I want you to help. And I'm like, perfect. Just let me know when you get you know, the thumbs up from HR. About a week later, sends out an email to me saying, okay, here, here's how we're going to do it. Says, uh, and she copied HR on this, said, I'm going to reach out to my network we're going to post it to see if we get somebody. And I'm also, I want Michael to use his network. Mm-hmm. And I was like, perfect. So, so last week, um, she, her VP of corporate marketing, who she hired for me, just started. And I told her, I said, you know, I wish she would tell more companies about how to, especially in this market, how to find top talent. Uh, I had last week a company I reached out to. They were looking for a VP of demand gen, and the CMO said, oh, I got a couple good people I'm talking to. I'm like, okay, so do I. I said, 
why wouldn't you want to meet as many people as possible? Uh, and for me, on this type of a search, it would be contingent. It's like if I gave you somebody that was the best candidate, then yes, you would hire them and then you would pay me. But if I gave you three, four people and you had three, four people, now you hire the best person and you saw now you saw eight people and with somebody that you knew, you don't pay me a fee, but hey, at least you expanded uh, your reach on potential candidates, uh, especially in this market. And there's companies that will do that. They'll reach out and say, I want to use people you know. I want your network because a lot of the people who I will reach out to, A, they're not going to respond to LinkedIn in mails. They're not responding to uh, jobs posted. So if companies just post it and, and go that route and get maybe a one or two referral from someone else and they just say, okay, we're going to hire that, one of these people there, is that really the best person on the market or is that just the best person that responded to an ad or that you had heard about? So yeah. Jen, Jen's got it. I mean, that's I told her, I said, I wish more people were like you because she she found the best person and that's how she was going to do it. Yeah, Jen, Jen's a pro. She's, she, um, she's very driven. She gets it done and surrounds herself with talent. She's one of those leaders who does not ever feel that she needs to be the smartest person in the room. It, although she's incredibly smart and talented, right. she will just surround herself with expertise, which makes her job that much easier. Well, Michael, it's been great having you back on the program. Uh, like I said, episode 40, 50 rather, episode 50, 50 yeah. how much money is marketing earning these days? If you haven't heard that episode with Michael and I, go back, still totally relevant. Uh, I know we talked a lot about the Bay Area uh, today, but I think a lot of the answers and topics that we talked about are relevant anywhere in the country. And I just want to underscore one more point for for all of you, which is, look, in life, be happy, get energy from what you do. There is so much opportunity today in the world for you to be happy and, and be challenged. Uh, and there's also tremendous financial opportunity for you. Not every one of these companies are going to IPO or get acquired, that's for sure. Uh, but if you do your homework and do your due diligence and look at the team and look at the jockey, look at the CEO, join a team that's just just a winning team. And so many of you reached out to me over summer, which I appreciate. I mean, it's so great to connecting with my listeners and to clients and, and the partners that we have and looking for career advice. And I never mind sharing it. I'm gonna say it again, I never mind sharing it. I know Michael doesn't either. So if you wanna look up Michael King on LinkedIn, kingrecruiting.net, he and I are here to have you have the best career, be in the best place and do some of your, your best work. And for those of you that work with my team, I am eternally grateful that we get the opportunity to work together as partners. I never feel like any of you treat us like a vendor and have that client vendor relationship, but a real partnership. So thank you for that. Thank you for tuning in all the time. And Michael, thank you for, for joining me again. Let's keep this up and, and tackle topics every year. Keep, keep people with a pulse in the market. And I think the big takeaway today is the market is white hot and it is a candidate's market. So no excuse for you not to be happy, earning what you deserve and doing the best work of your career. Would you agree? Exactly, exactly. All right. We'll go do it, everybody. Let's uh, say thank you, 
very much for uh, the summer. It's It's been fun. Uh, it's been great to see so many of you come back onto the program. Numbers are way up in listening, which means I think, again, we are always uh, doing a good job to bring you the best content. If you have opinions of topics that you'd like me to cover or people that, that like to have on the program, uh, just let me know. But um, so great to see the podcast doing so well. I enjoy doing it every week and I have some great guests coming up for you. So stay tuned and thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.